You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javano Kelly live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Greetings beautiful people. My name is Simon Javan Okelo. I am in Seattle, Washington, and I am really excited to be here with you for another episode of the African Father in America podcast, Afia podcast, and uh I have an incredible guest here with me today who is uh going to be part of the show. Uh our guest is Nathan Kikwau, who is the CEO of Smarts Foundation that is a non-profit organization in Kenya under the patronage of Shalin Ruto this organization is focused on empowering youths uh, especially Kenyan youth on how to combat hunger and climate change uh, i'm going to talk a little more about our guest and uh, the work that he's doing but for now i want to just quickly Nathan can you just say hi to our audience members before i share today's proverb uh, hello uh, thank you Simon for having me it's my pleasure. Excellent. Thank you again for taking time off of your busy schedule to join us. I am going to put today's proverb on the screen so that uh, those who are joining us uh, on YouTube, on LinkedIn, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter can also share with us their perspectives on the proverb, which is uh, from Hausa. And it says that a shining face goes with a full belly a shining face goes with a full belly and this proverb is beautiful and it is really in alignment with our conversation today it teaches us that uh, happiness uh, comes with being content you know when we are content with our lives uh, we, we we must have our basic needs met and a lot of the time that comes with us uh, ensuring that we are not hungry we are not thirsty and um, uh, then we can have a beautiful shiny face and that's really the work that Nathan is doing ensuring that there are more smiley faces around Kenya but I want to share three nuggets of wisdom for you to uh, meditate and think about while we continue with our conversation here the first one is that these are nuggets of wisdom related to this proverb for the day the first one is that contentment is a key to happiness you know when you're content even if you don't have so much in your life you just find yourself smiling you know this is why a lot of um, foreigners visit Africa and they see that we are so generous with the little that we have and they can never understand uh, that our people are really just content with what we have even though we don't have the big cars the big houses we're just happy Number two, taking care of our basic needs is important for our overall well-being. You know, if you if you if you can eat three times a day, you will be you you will not be stressed. You know, you will not be depressed. Even if uh, you know you don't have access to other things, you know, you don't have a lot of savings. But if you can meet just your basic needs, you will feel that your self-esteem is also in a better place. And then number three sharing our blessings with others is a way to show our gratitude and make the world a better place i think that one is self-explanatory so nathan when we shared this proverb with you what is it that came to your mind uh, share your own perspectives on it please thanks a lot simon uh, for me i think you have mentioned uh, what what we are doing in uh, 
as Max Foundation is trying to ensure that everyone is satisfied in the stomach because it's the stomach that's the source of everything, the energy, the satisfaction, the comfort for you to go into your day, day by day into day activities is uh, basically when you are contented, even sleeping, you know, you cannot, we always say that people sleep hungry, but literally you can't sleep when you're angry. So for me, uh, that was the first thing that came into my mind. But you know, uh, uh, proverbs always have a deeper meaning. And for me, what I always get, I, I got from that was uh, about the physical, uh, physical contentment and the emotional contentment. Like for you to have a shiny face, to go, to go out there and. Yeah, this is Simon speaking. Uh, I think Nathan's connection is just a. You have you have okay. to be contented with you as an individual, with the what you want to do as a person you have to be contented first before you go and share out there so it starts with you then now you can share uh, anything else out there so that's what came into my mind excellent thank you so much nathan uh, for a moment i thought i lost you there your connection was uh, a little unstable but i think we have you back i just love your perspective on the proverb uh but now i want to Hello. take you hey nathan can you see me can you hear me i hear you now and i see you i feel like the connection is a bit unstable but Hello. we are going to continue regardless are you there nathan okay hey nathan can you hear me okay great great excellent let's keep going um Again, thank you to those who have joined us. I just want you to make sure you take a minute and subscribe to the channel. My special guest today is the CEO of Smarts Foundation, which is an incredible non-profit organization that is empowering Kenyan youth to combat hunger and climate change. And uh, Nathan, if you can hear me, um, I, just, I just feel that Nathan should probably get out and come back to the show. So if you hear me, I would recommend that you you get out and then come back in. But if you if you can hear me, okay, I think that's the best thing to do. Anyhow, for those who are joining me, thank you so much. I am incredibly grateful for the opportunity to uh, have your attention. You know, there is so much value in time. And uh, I am really, really happy that we are talking to a young Kenyan leader who is uh, the CEO of Smarts Foundation, a non-profit organization under the patronage of Shalin Ruto. Um, you know, I'm excited to talk more about the work that they do. And when he comes back, I also want to talk a little bit about uh, his story. You know, uh, with every individual in the world, there is always a story uh, about how they started. Uh, and I love sharing my own story of when I was eight years old and how uh, my mom gave me an opportunity to learn and become a leader, uh, you know, under her mentorship. And so when we have Nathan back, we will be able to talk a little more about his own story. Uh, so I'll just bring him back on the show right now. Hey, Nathan, are you there? Excellent. Uh, say something. I want to make sure I can hear you. 
Are you there, Nathan? Okay. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Yes, I'm there. Excellent, excellent. Great. Uh, we will keep going despite the the connection challenges. I just want you to speak about the story that inspires you. I was just saying earlier that I, I grew up in Kisumu in Manyata. And when I was eight years old, my mother gave me a bicycle and asked me to help her distribute milk and bread in our neighborhood. And so that marked the beginning of my my discipline as an entrepreneur, my hard work as a as a young Kenyan, similar to some of the youths that you're, you're inspiring. So I wanted you to share your own story of something that happened when you were around 8 to 12 years old that continues to inspire you to play the kind of roles that uh, you are playing uh, currently. Uh, so for me, when I was uh, growing up, I, I grew up in in uh, Bomet, that's uh, the central part of the valley. It's an agricultural land. We are blessed with a constant uh, general people and they're like uh, a lineage of agriculture whereby our ancestors have been farming since before. So when I was growing up, I, I, uh, I was brought up by two mothers. One was living in the city and the other one was living in the rural part of, of uh, Bomet. So I used to go home every weekend for to to say hi to my mother. Then on the weekdays I'd go back to the city to for maybe get quality study. So this this time I went back home for my weekend and I was uh, I was trying to pick some fruits from the guava plant. And then uh, you know being a kid and being cheeky, I fell from the tree head down into the ground and my mother was very furious with the tree. So she took and literally instead of cutting down the, the guava tree, she pruned the tree. Uh, all the all the branches saying that uh, this guava plant wanted to kill my, my, my son. So one year later we received a bumper harvest of, of, of the guava fruits. So and, and I was asking my mom I was like is this a sign that this tree is trying to tell you that you shouldn't have destroyed it? It produces more than, than the usual. So for me, I didn't learn about the, the pruning aspect, that when you prune a tree, it produces more. So that, that gave me a curiosity, like, hey, what's, what's really happening here? And uh, I tried to, to ask from, from my friends, is it, is it uh, So that's what inspired us. Up to date, I, I, I came to learn that in the traditional society that we are living in, mostly are craft, but they don't know that. Do it over and over again and say, like, okay, I've mastered the craft. Then up to date, I always try and help people, mostly in the agricultural sector, that, okay, you should learn new, new techniques and new ways. And also for me as a person, it's what is it that I am doing? That's why I'm prospering like this. What is it that I'm doing to get this and this right? So that's that's a story from my childhood that always inspires me uh, up to date. That's wonderful. Thank you, Nathan. And uh, to everyone who is joining us for the show, thank you so much. Uh, uh, I just want to, you know, I, I love stories. And 
that's part of why I always ask my guests to share this kind of stories to take us back to really what drives who you are today but uh because we're having connection issues i just want you to share with us a little more about the the work that you do with smarts foundation how did it begin uh where are you guys now and where would you like to go you know when when you look ahead uh in the next five years uh what is it that would make you so proud as the ceo of smarts foundation Mm, for me, it's when I came up with this idea uh, and my team, we sat down and said, okay, well, we have an issue here. We it's populated, it's content. Why are we leaving behind the fertile lands in, in our in our rural areas? We've been studying in the social studies about rural urban migration. But when I was doing my my internship in Israel, the the rural areas were more admirable than the cities. People were trying to make the rural areas more productive, more more sustainable, more comfortable for you to stay there and at least enjoy. Then on the weekend, people would, would troop back there. Then why should we just stay there and make that place comfortable? So that's when we thought of trying to get youth into farming, since our population comprises mainly of the young people. And the young people don't have employment. But it is through agriculture that we can create employment and also solve the, the issue of food insecurity in our country. Because sometimes you find people producing a lot more in a small land, yet we have a big land and producing less. So my my main reason what will make me happy in the next five years is try and see that SMACS foundation in our database. We have only managed to do, let's say, 10,000 youth to join farming and to be successful, not just join. That's my target in the next five years. And with, with, with 10,000 youths, it doesn't mind the number of acreage. How many people are we feeding and how many people are out there advocating for the same for the youth to join farming, to become a venture that's more sustainable. The government to try and uh, <clears throat> offer solutions and opportunities for them. So that's that's my main aim, what will make me happy. Try to see youth in farming and feeding the nation so that you don't have the issue. In case of any drought, we have a food bank that is uh, secure for, for, for several years and several months. Yeah, I, I really love that. I really love the vision that you have. Uh, I was looking at your website, uh, the website for Smarts Foundation, and I saw that you have the local Lodoko Jack model farm. Uh, and, uh, you know, part of our audience members have never been to Kenya before. So I want you to just give us a virtual tour uh, of Lodoko Jack model farm. What is happening there? Uh, what are the smells? Uh, what makes you happy every time you walk into this model farm? And uh, then after that, I want you to talk about the recent uh, Africa Climate Summit. I'm sure you attended it and it seemed like it was an incredible success. So first of all, give us a, a virtual tour of the model farm and then speak about how it felt for you to be at the Africa Climate Summit and what you think some of the takeaways were 
for those of us that could not make it. So, it's in the northern part of Kenya, and it is an arid and semi-arid land, whereby the land is bare. And uh, on, your, on my first, actually, it was my first time to go to to that side of, of Kenya. Imagine I've, been, I've lived in Kenya for the last 25 years, but I've never been to Samburu. So on my ar arrival, it was, uh, you, you find uh, two, three young cool people. Let's say, and then they and then a bare land with just stones, and then our primary schools now with students smiling and uh, very happy. Then it's supper time, and, and they are only serving a full plate of rice, just pure rice, nothing else. So it's basically you take the rice and, and water. But why is it, why is the aspect of of the milk from the cows they are keeping. Where's the aspect of the meat from the cows they are keeping? But you find out that it is the cultural aspect whereby you keep the cows for prestige, not for food. So the kids just take take care of the animals the whole day, they take them to graze, then they go back home uh, to their parents. And now they have to, to look for money to purchase food. So they don't have the economic aspect of knowing how to get to make money they depend on uh, donations and everything then what the, the main the, the main thing that came into my mind was and wh where do they get this food so we found out that there are some people doing a feeding program uh, in the region but we then have a meeting with them and and they tell us that they keep feeding them each and every month but it's not something sustainable after feeding someone then what do they do so we thought maybe we can just find a solution to why this land is not productive. So we did the soil test and everything. And lucky enough, we found out that the land is very productive. You can do something. So I talked to some of our partners. They donated a drip irrigation kits, some, uh, some funding. Then we, I went there with my knowledge and uh, our team of experts, people expert in communication, uh, sharing stories and also my colleagues in the agricultural aspect. Then we set up a, mo a model farm. Within uh, two months, we had uh, contracted the Ministry of uh, uh, Water to do a borehole and also Thank you, thank you. Uh, the livestock, they take the livestock very far away. Yes, Simon? Uh, for a moment, I lost you there, so I was just ensuring that I engage our audience members. For like 30 seconds, you are talking, but I could not, you know, I could not get a response from you. So keep going, keep going. Okay, okay. Or can I... My, my network is unstable. Yeah, your network is unstable. It has been unstable the whole time. So we will we will just carry on with the show, but you will book for another time where... Uh, we can have you back on the show again so in the next couple of weeks uh, because I would really love for us to uh, have you when you are in the best possible place with internet but for now we are getting you know we are getting uh, a glimpse of the work that you're doing we are getting uh, 
a glimpse of your story as a young Kenyan leader. I, I didn't know that you're 25 years old. Did you say you're 25 years old? <laughs> yeah, anyhow, for those who are joining us, I'm here. I'm joined here by Nathan. Keep going. Keep going. Maybe Simon. Yeah. For clarity, just give me two minutes. Since it is heavily raining and I think it's affecting our eyesight. I see. I I, I cannot, it, it's uh, the El Nino season, so maybe I can opt in into my mobile data directly. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. That yeah. sounds good. So take two minutes mm -hmm. while I just engage with our audience members here. I will just share some uh, upcoming events uh, with our audience members. Uh, so thank you again uh, to all of you who are joining us for the show. While Nathan is fixing his internet connection, I just want to talk about the Africa Day Business Forum that is coming up on September 30th. Uh, this is one of the only events that I know of since I started, uh, you know, since I moved to Seattle, Washington. This is one of the only events that brings African leaders, African business owners, African governments to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, through this event, the city of Lagos in Nigeria now has electric ferries. Kampala in Uganda has electric ferries. Uh, and there will be a company that is showcasing electric buses that will soon be uh, taken to Africa. So multiple cities will become uh, you know, more energy efficient and green that way. So you should attend the Africa Day Business Forum. Uh, you know, connect with me or go to Eventbrite if you want to get the tickets. Uh, and then I also want to talk about this Sunday. We have an incredible dinner that uh, I am excited about. If you love food, then you should not miss the, uh, the upcoming dinner series that I have been producing as well. Since 2016, I have been organizing a very, very... A fantastic dinner series uh it used to hold on for a second i need to bring our guest back on um the dinner series that i'm talking about uh used to be called uh it used to be called the the one vibe african dinner series uh and then when it was happening at cafe avol on rainier valley for those who live in seattle washington it was called uh it was called the the Avol Night series, you know. Uh, and then now it's happening at Langston Hughes Performing Arts Institute, but we are bringing it back as uh, the Taste of Madaraka Festival uh, because we are already priming our community members across the U.S. for the upcoming 10-year anniversary of the Madaraka Festival that I have been producing consistently. Uh, so for now, I want to bring back our guest, uh, and uh, now I just want you to take take us back to Loco, Lo, Lodo Kojek model farm, you know, <laughs> uh, and share with us, you know, you, you shared with us a little bit of how you all established it. But now when you walk in there, what are some of the plants that are growing there, Nathan? What are some of the, I saw that you guys also do a beekeeping project that your patron is very, uh, you know, uh, passionate about. I want you to speak about both of those. Okay, sorry, sorry for the, the the previous issue. So I'll I'll go right uh, into Ladoke Jack Model Farm. That's in Samburu County. 
So we, we managed to plant 5,000 heads of cabbages and then uh, uh, onions, bulb onions. And also we managed to train the community on beekeeping. Since we believe that beekeeping is a, an economic activity that can blend well with the pastoralist communities. So in those regions, there's a, a deep-rooted culture whereby people are used to just taking care of, uh, of, of cattle and, and sheep and goats, nothing else. You don't do like a crop farming. You just keep your livestock. And also, the sad part is that they don't know how to monetize the, the, their way of life. Like, we need to sell these cows. We need to improve the breed so that you can get more milk and everything. So we thought of introducing a beekeeping as part of our initiative. It is part of our Youth to Farm initiative, and it is the initiative that our patron likes most. For her, she has more than 500 beehives in their different farms across the country, and we call her Bee Mom because of uh, she, she keeps the foundation as a colony and shows that everything is okay and that we are faring on well. So the aspect of beekeeping is a symbolic one too, that people should be united and do something great. And for her, she does it as a business and also as a way of helping the different communities to try to adapt into agriculture. So what we did in Lodokejek, we set up a half an acre with a drip irrigation kits to save on water that we have and train the students in the schools about farming. And then thereafter now we, 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 we take them through selling the produces to the market and also teach them about basic accounting so that they can learn the whole value chain of agriculture. I love that. I love that. Uh, I have so many questions for you. So we definitely have to do a second session. Your connection is perfect. It needs to be where it is now for the next conversation we have. Uh, but I want you to talk about the Africa Climate Summit that just happened and uh, speak to that for a moment. You know, I know you might have made it there, uh, but how did it feel as a young Kenyan to be there as the leader of uh, you know, Smash Foundation to be there with all these incredible uh, world leaders and African leaders that were there. But also, what are the takeaways for those of us who could not be there in person? Uh, what were maybe the three takeaways that you want to share with us? So for me, as a youth, uh, the African Climate Summit was a defining moment whereby the, the African Youth Climate Assembly gave out their declaration for the whereby we are requesting the world leaders and the African leaders to involve us in the conversation. We wanted the, the, the ICA to be embedded in the African Union structures so that we can be able to voice out our, our issues. Also, in part of the ICA declaration, we had an aspect of requesting for inclusivity in the climate conversation, the, the people with disabilities, to be involved in the conversation. And also the main agenda was also requesting for the climate action agenda to be devolved further into the schools. The first lady of the Republic of Kenya launched a learners pavilion, whereby we have a climate awareness and environmental awards for the young people. And uh, for me also my takeaway lesson as, a, as a someone who is in the, the adaptation and resilience part of uh, agriculture is that Apart from fighting for the financing for, for climate action and the global south at large, 
whereby we are asking the global north who are polluting more than they are feeling the effects is that to be part of the journey in trying to adapt to the effects of the climate change. So the African Climate Summit really was, a, was an avenue whereby people met, discussed, exchanged ideas and made networks up to the culmination whereby there was the Nairobi Declaration uh, as we had to the UNITE, the UNGA, the, uh, the UNGA and COP28. So we hope that the demands and the conversation that we had as African nations should be included in a part of the deliberations that were made. So that was my takeaway. And, and right immediately after the African Climate Summit was the inclusion of the African Union in the G20, which for me was a bit uh, of a success. I appreciate that. And, and my urge to young people in the nation is that the African continent is, we should avoid more of advocacy and go into adaptation and resilience for us to help and save our people. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. So uh, we, are, we are coming towards the end of our time together today, but I want to give you space to talk about a couple of things. One, I want you to think about how those who are watching can support your work and also how they can stay connected with you. Uh, but first, you know, you're working with one of the most visible and, uh, you know, well-known youths in Kenya, your patron, Shalene Ruto. Uh, and I just want you to talk about how, how, how that feels like, because a lot of people see the work that Shalene is doing just from far, from social media. Uh, I was one of those people before we were able to have this conversation. How is it like to work with her? Uh, you know, you mentioned that she's she's like uh, the mother of bees because of how passionate she is about beekeeping. Share with us just a little bit about the dynamics and uh, just how how it feels like to work with someone from the first family. Uh, and also, you know, there are a number of other youths that are doing similar work. You know, do you guys take time to go out and seek, look at other youths who are trying to do similar things? and bring them up and, and support them so that uh, it's not only you guys who are trying to reinvent the wheel. I think you mentioned that you guys are not trying to reinvent the wheel, but you're trying to uh, support other people too. So speak to that, especially because they, there was a comment uh, here where somebody was asking, do you guys have vacancies at your foundation? Do, do, do you guys want to partner with other people uh, in Kenya who are doing similar work? So speak to that and then let us know how we can support you. Uh, thank you. Uh, f first of all, uh, I'd like to say uh, working uh, with uh, Shalene uh, is an honor, and I always appreciate daily for her giving me the, the chance to, to lead our foundation and to be on the forefront of trying to champion youth into farming and, and, and share her vision to the, to the world and to the youth at large. So it's an honor, and it's, you see, we say to whom much is given, much is expected. So that's, that's the position that we sit in, me and my team, whom we have been entrusted with, and we are, we are always grateful. And one thing about our patron is that she, I can say, out of all the, the people I've met in, in those high places and uh, high-ranking position is that she's very humble, and she really understands the, the, the problems that the youth are facing. And for her, she has done a sign language. She actually graduated two days ago from the Kenyan Sign Language. So for her, it's more of inclusion for everyone. Do not leave anyone behind. 
So yes, we always receive the vacancies, yes. Do you have an open opportunities and uh, let's say vacancies. But as a foundation, we are very young. We have only uh, one year. And to, to make one thing clear is that we are not being funded by the government. We, have an, we are a non-governmental organization. It's that maybe the visibility, what you gain from the government is also information, but the information is accessible to everyone. So we are not being supported by the government in terms of funding or anything. It's our own initiative, and also she's uh, for the for the funds that we do projects. It's from the donors and partners that we get who share the common vision with us, and we are not reinventing the wheel. We are partnering with the people who have been in the industry to learn from them and to take forward their their conversation and their impact and their stories. Since we are the youth, and we want to take this conversation and have them for the future generations who are coming to the children. That's why we are working in the schools. So yeah, for we we are asking for support to to reach out to different parts of the country, and we will be having our foundation launch soon. That is uh, on November 10th, whereby we seek to to showcase what we have done and our vision, and also to interact with our partners and the people who are willing to support us, and now craft a way forward with them. For us, it's not about SMACs as a foundation. We say SMACs is an umbrella or a tie that brings people and the youth in the space together. So we are also thinking of uh, coming up with leadership uh, programs to support the youth and to nurture them. Not just to those who have gone to school, but also those who don't have basic education. They need to be part of the journey and the conversation. So that, that's much I have for the foundation, uh, for, for, from the foundation part. And uh, maybe for people to support us, you can always reach out to me via my my social uh, social accounts. That is uh, at Facebook, Nathan Kikwai, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Kikwai underscore JR. Uh, the JR name is because my dad is called Kikwai, so I have to to add the JR for for respect. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So, yeah. And then for those who want to check out the website, it's uh, smartsfoundation.org. Uh, uh, I just want to make sure I, I do this correctly. Do you want to go no, ahead no, no. and... Go ahead we, and... We shift it to, okay, go ahead. We shifted to smarts.foundation. Excellent, excellent. Thank you again, uh, Nathan, for making the time. Is there something that you really want to talk about that I didn't ask you during our entire conversation? Uh, maybe uh, just an appreciation to our partners who have been supporting us and uh, just to ask people to join us in this uh, conversation and uh, this journey of trying to to, to impact people in the rural areas and trying to get youth into farming by creating more spaces and ensuring that we have a, a safe food chain, food value chain, and that we can trace where our food comes from. And uh, maybe the last message from our patron is that let us embrace beekeeping, let us embrace farming. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. Thank you again, Nathan. For those who just joined us, thank you for taking your time. My guest today is Nathan Kikwao, who is the CEO of Smarts Foundation. He shared the link to their website. He talked to us a lot about the amazing work that they're doing. And uh, you should follow him on the social media platforms he shared. 
And we also talked about today's proverb uh, at the beginning of the show. You should let us know your own uh, thoughts about it in the in the comments. And also make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, uh, Nathan, just stay on. I'm going to wrap up the show, but I want to just say a few things with you. Thank you again, and I'll see you all tomorrow, same time, same place. African father in America. You are listening to